Hello, everybody, and welcome to the JC and Bill Sportscast. I'm Bill. I'm JC. And this is a very newsworthy episode because we have baseball playoffs to discuss and how we were both wrong on some of our picks. <laughs> uh, yes. we're, we're not going to lie to you. <laughs> but I think we should begin right off the bat with the NFL and uh, I think I could say this word. It's it's not a curse word, but they've had a hell week. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been up against it this week. That's for sure. Things kind of turned on a dime here. Mm-hmm. It right really at the start did. Of, of the week, and it's and it snowballed now till the news this morning that Cam Noon has tested positive mm-hmm. for the virus, which is postpone the KC game mm-hmm. against New England tomorrow. Uh, practice squad quarterback is also tested positive for the Kansas City Chiefs. And supposedly he was around other guys, which kind of confuses me because you're supposed to keep your practice squad guys away, away from everybody. Yeah. So Right? So I can see a fine being maybe levied against the KC Chiefs if other players caught it because of it. Well, I think we should do like a bit of a timeline for how this week really has gone for the NFL. So it started on two when news broke that eight people from the Tennessee Titans tested positive for COVID-19, three of which were players, five were personnel. So, yeah, and on Saturday there was a Saturday they had a coach actually test positive and he wasn't allowed on the plane. So they decided, okay, we're going to close the facilities. We're we're not going to open it up until Saturday. So they also had the Minnesota Vikings tested, and thankfully nobody came back positive on that. During the week more and more people tested positive on the Titans organization. And they were supposed to have a home game this Sunday against the Steelers. And the Steelers, they, to our knowledge, are all fine. They, they have not tested positive. So the NFL decided at first we'll postpone the game until Monday or Tuesday. Then more people test positive for the Titans, and the NFL makes a decision of, we're going to move this game to a later date. Because we're not going to risk it. We're not going to risk it. Yep. So, at the end of the week, they decide to move the game to week seven, which is in about three weeks. And they had to they had to make a couple of changes here and there. They had to move the Ravens Steelers game, which would have been the original week seven game, back to week eight, meaning the Ravens would get a bye now on week seven. So they're set there. Then This morning, as J.C. said, Cam Noonan tested positive for COVID-19. The Patriots were going to play the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow. And, 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 yeah, the Patriots don't have Tom Brady, but it's still the Patriots. And, you know, they're still a good team. And they were going to be... They were going to be the late game, the, the 425 game. Um, it is being reported that if the game can be played at all this week, Brian Hoyer will be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. So Yes. Now, or so at the time, 
they're saying we can play the game either Monday or Tuesday with Tuesday being the more likely candidate for that game to happen. Then, if it doesn't get crazy enough, Chiefs quarterback Jordan Ta'amu tested positive for COVID-19. So yep. now it's like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, they supposedly had a court, or I think a a player from Atlanta test positive too during week three. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it's one player that's and it's been isolated and they do the point of contact testing, no one's got it. Everybody comes back negative, they'll continue playing, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a practice squad quarterback from the Chiefs who, as far as I was informed, can have no contact at all with the main squad. Right. And he can only be brought up on game day off the practice squad. And teams can protect two players off the practice squad for that week. So there's going to be some questions asked, that's for sure. There really is. And then I also want to bring up um, there was a report that came out yesterday that members of the Las Vegas Raiders attended a charity event during the week and none of them had masks on. Now, the that was Raiders, Monday night. Yeah, the Raiders played the Patriots last week. And who do they play this week? Uh, I mean, who are they playing this week? That's a, oh, Bills. The Bills. They? Oh, they're playing the yep. Bills this week. Yep. So, this is not looking good. No, and it's... Right now, the ball is in the player's court. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised the, NHL, or the NFL sorry, hasn't come down and find... The Vegas players, because technically you're, you're under contract to that team. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of protocols in place. There's things you can and cannot do. And for people saying, well, you're a grown man. Hey, you know what? You're, you're on a, you're on, you have a contract and you have to honor that contract. And this agreement was signed by the player association and the NFL. Whether you like it or not, you have to abide by the rules. Baseball had that issue at the start and Manfred said, Hey, I can cancel season anytime. It's up to you guys to enforce mm-hmm. the rules. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. I don't think they had a positive test after that. Well, I mean, after, you know, like they a might... few teams. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, they all stay in hotels. They didn't go and con- go down and party up or go to the bar or anything like that, right? They were, they stayed in their, in their respective rooms. Mm-hmm. And the last two weeks, teams that were going to potentially be in the playoffs, they all got quarantined. Right, they were placed into a, their own little bubbles. Yeah. Which I think the NFL is hoping they can get through at least maybe week 9, 10, 11 and then enforce their own little bubble for all teams for the, the home mm-hmm. stretch and playoffs. Yeah. You know, especially come winter time and with everything that can transfer through with it being colder out. Yeah. But now this hit, and I mean, hey, they're. You're going to find a coach for not wearing a mask. You better be fine players for exactly. violating protocols. Exactly. And, right, so the shoe fits, or the shoe drops on both feet of coaches, players, GMs, owners, everyone who's involved in the NFL, officials, you name it. I mean, I'm fine with the Raiders players going to a charity event. That's yeah, that's the, fine. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not the problem. The problem is they should have had masks on. Period. Yep. yep. Social distance. Do your masks. Do what you need to do. Right, and mm-hmm. be safe. Exactly. I mean, put your hold again. Just like the Cleveland Indians with Clevenger and uh, and Police Act, there you put your whole team, their families in jeopardy. And then he ends up getting traded to San Diego. Yes, and then he gets hurt, and hey, karma's, karma, karma's baseball gods do not like to be played with. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, baseball gods do not like to be played with. So, you know. <laughs> now, for those of you who are dying to know what they're going to do with the late afternoon schedule on CBS, they have picked a game to replace the Patriots Chiefs. Yeah, it's one that we probably will avoid watching anyways. It is <laughs> it is the Colts at the Bears. The most unlikely three and old team. Yeah. The Bears. The, I'm oh, surprised the they didn't move the, the Browns and the Cowboys game. Uh, what channel? Let me see what channel that game is on, real quick. I think that's on Fox. Yeah, it is on Fox. Yeah, it, it would have to have been a game that's on CBS. So yeah, that would have been moved. Yeah. All right. Let me run down the CBS games at one o'clock. You tell me if that should have been the game that got moved. Chargers and Buccaneers. Mm, no. Well, with Brady, right? He'll bring in ratings. Yeah, maybe. You know. Ravens at the Washington football team. No. No. <laughs> I, you want to I see have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and the Jaguars Bengals. Yeah. No. Yeah, we got dealt a short hand I... here, folks. <laughs> If anything, I would. I think the Bucks Chargers would be would be your best option. Yeah. Young, just because of the name alone. Brady. Yeah. So that's who I think I would have picked. But I think if Chase Young, I think if Chase Young hadn't been injured, I could have made a case for Baltimore Washington to get moved. But. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could see where you would put Tampa in. Okay, I could see it. Now... You know, I mean, you're going Foles against Rivers. Mm-hmm. No, Rivers is in Indy. Oh, yeah, oh, you're talking you know. about the Bears game. Duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, that's that's just moving up. So you got Rivers against Foles. But let's say I didn't move one, so I guess Tony Romo will be headed to the Windy City. Or would they stay in... Uh... Let me see, actually. Um, cause usually, like, there's a there's a site. Here we go. That tells you who gets what game. Um. So I'm thinking Roma would have got the Chiefs Patriots game. With Jim yeah, Nance. I think they would have. So now, okay, now I'm looking at this. On the on the CBS map, this is as of uh, two thirty four p.m. Eastern. The majority of the country would have gotten the Patriots Chiefs game. The majority. Yep. Would how would you split this up? Would you give like would you give most the Indianapolis Chicago game or the Buffalo Las Vegas game? That's a I'm thinking you go. I think you go Raiders Bills. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Right. I mean, you got a three and old Bills team against a team. the Raiders team that it's the Raiders. Yeah. Two one, aren't they? They're not that bad of a team, the Raiders. Nope. Um. Yeah, it's going to be better than the Colts Bears game, I think. Right. But you know, I've been known to be wrong every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then, okay, that, that's the Fox map. I'm just looking at what game I'm getting on Fox tomorrow. I'm getting the Giants-Rams game. <laughs> Ooh, so, oh. yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch whatever the uh, 425 game on CBS is tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no uh, doubt. Uh, the majority of, that, of the country on Fox I, is going to get the Cleveland-Dallas game. That might not that's be a bad game, start, actually. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be an interesting game. I mean, Cleveland's actually looking like a, a team. football team. Yeah. You know, Beckham's a questionable, but he hasn't done much, anyways. I'm trying to remember to keep a Dallas it. team that's 
I'm gonna save this What's site. That? I'm, I'm gonna save this site. One of my favorites, just so I have it. Like when people ask, and get oh, used to. Yep. Who's announcing where they at? Mm -hmm. And all I'm gonna say is get used to this year of games switching, games being played on different days. They don't have to worry about fans and people flying in for the games. There's going to be changes. I mean, we could have a Wednesday night football game. That's very possible. And they could be moving teams where you could have two or three Monday nighters. I think you have to have at least four days in between games. Mm -hmm. So buckle up. And something that it's also affecting, and you and I, we know a little bit of this because we're pretty good at it, fantasy football leagues. Yes, fantasy football leagues, pickums, pickums, survivor pools. Yes, I mean, you know, I mean, there's there's billions of dollars being out there, and that's why I don't think the NFL the NFL won't cancel their season. There's just too much money, but it's going to cause headaches, and it's yeah. going to be interesting. I mean, to be fair though, JC, I already used the Steelers in my survivor pool, so I'm I'm good for this week. <laughs> You're good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing, the only two players I have that could be affected is Mahomes in one and the Steelers in another. Yeah, I'm gonna have to figure out how this is gonna go. But now there is something I do want to. I, I I did say because um, earlier this week, um, I was on a podcast where we discussed the pandemic in wrestling. And, and then that's being yep. affected, too. And I brought up, when we recorded, about the Tennessee Titans thing. And I was asked, it, you know, if there's another case, another outbreak, like, how much trouble would they be in, depending on the time? And I said, if it is within a week of the Tennessee Titans, then they're in trouble. And guess what? It's within a week. And they're yep. in trouble. <laughs> well, I'm thinking that the NFL, again, remember, originally they said that they can push the Super Bowl back right to February 27th. Yeah. And I'm thinking you might see teams having two or three bye weeks mm -hmm. through the regular season. And when their playoffs are starting, I think we're going to have some regular season football still. Mm -hmm. it's going to be, they're going to have to juggle it because, I mean, you can't have a team sitting out for a month who's in the playoffs waiting for some teams to play. Yeah. And contracts, I think they have to play the, the 16 games where baseball, they kind of go, man, you two teams are out of it. We don't need to make it up anymore. Exactly. You know, we've, we, we, you know, I think it's 80% of their games have to be televised, just like the NBA. That's why they finished off those eight games in the regular season. For the NFL, it's 16 games. It's every game's played, every game's on TV. Right. You're talking again, billions of dollars. So you might see where all of a sudden, say like the Seattle Seahawks might have a, they have a bye week six, and they might have a bye in week 14. Mm -hmm. And, you know. And one of the and things there's gonna, be, there's gonna be a whole bunch of juggling, moving stuff around. Ugh. And one of the things that actually helps, what you said, that they could have the Super Bowl, you know, that late. And I'm looking at this from a television point of view. February is considered a sweeps month here in the U.S. And yep. the last several years the Academy Awards have been on in February. Well, the upcoming Academy Awards aren't going to happen until the end of April. So the NFL could, for all intents and purposes, pick any Sunday or Saturday in February to have the Super Bowl, and people be like, oh, okay, yeah, that works. Well, and it's... I mean, it's going to happen, right? There's, they'll finish the season. There's just too much on the line, too mm -hmm. much at stake for players and owners. 
And I mean, like, I mean, they have the new playoff system in place this year. Seven teams make it. Mm-hmm. One gets a bye. And like I said, we could be watching playoffs starting mid mid January. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, there's talk. There's talks that there may not be a vaccine out until March. And then again, you you can't for I don't think you can force all the players to take the vaccine. If there is one, there may not be one. There is one. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be something we live with for the rest of our lives. Right. No. You know? Just have to wait and see, I guess, so, how it turns up. Yep. I think if I think if you find and we'll put it this way, if they find an effective treatment for the next say couple months that, that they've been testing. Then you might see life go back to normal football. Oh yeah, we've had ten players test. Everybody else is good. They're in treatment. Mm-hmm. Done, right? Yeah. We're continuing on. You know. So I mean, hey, it could hit anybody. It hit your guys as president. So. Yeah, it did, and I thought I read that he's doing much better right now. But yeah. we'll have to wait and see what happens. So. Yeah, and I'm and I'm interested on this. The players that the Titans have that are on the COVID list. I mean, did they play in the game? Does the virus stop at the line of scrimmage? Did it drop the football? Like, how is it? You know, now, remember the NFL want to implement those face shields. Now I'm glad you brought that up, JC, because I have not seen any list of any names of any players that have tested positive. That's yeah. that's something that bothers me because it's not it's not that you know people would wanna you know like make fun of them for getting this. It's just we'd like to know for the sake of knowing who got this. And you know, if this is something you can't really keep away from each other, you know. No, and especially again with fantasy football impacting players. I mean, once you got COVID, you're on the list for three weeks. Yeah. You know, and I've seen they've changed their protocols a bit for testing. They're going to test on bye weeks. And I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm surprised they don't test every day. Yeah, that's what they should be doing. Right. The, even the point of contact, right? And you do the nasal, but I mean, obviously, tests are getting better. And there's tests now I can tell you within 15 minutes whether you have, have it right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the NFL's got the money. So, oh yeah, they've got the money. So we'll see yep. what happens. Um, let's turn to baseball before before we talk about the playoffs. I want to talk about this piece of news, which. I have to applaud the Writers Association for doing this. And that is, they are removing the name Kennesaw Mountain Landis from the most valuable player plaque that's given to the player that's voted in the American League and the National League. Bravo! To the Writers Association of America. Yes. Very um, huge news. It is news. Because uh, I'm going to, I am I promise I want to be clean. <laughs> that, that's what, that's the thing JC and I have promised from the beginning when we started. Yep. We're going to keep it clean. So I'm going to try my best to keep it clean. Kennesaw Mountain Landis was nothing more than a racist and a bigot. He is a cheapskate. It was his way or no way. Banning the eight White Sox players without ever giving them a chance to give them a case, while it may have saved the game, is a joke. Is there? I really do believe there are some people who are innocent on this. I really do. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Ding, ding, ding. There you he go. He was innocent. 
He was innocent. The third base, you know, the uh, way he plays. Yeah. He was innocent. So, and I, I do think uh, she was Joe will get exonerated on that. I mean, there's talk about it. Oh, there's been talks for years. You know. Yeah, but I think now with the Houston Astros scandal, it's I think there's the talks have kind of from what I've been hearing have been ramped up and I think you're gonna see something come up. I mean with Jackson, he has the third highest I think he has like the third highest batting average in baseball history. Yep. Let me let me look that up real quick. But to get back to what I was you know, with Landis. He did not let any African American players in his league in the twenty almost twenty five years that he was commissioner. And yes. I mean the guy guy's like a flat out racist, let's be honest. It's, yeah, that's why they had the, the uh, Negro baseball league, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah, Jackson, by the way, Shoeless Joe is third on that list. 355 batting average. That's yeah. pretty good. But, no, I mean, Landis, like, if you watch the the documentary, the, the uh, Ken Burns documentary, and then if you watch the movie Eight Men Out about the Black Sox scandal, which is a really good movie, by the way, he was so hard-headed and such an impossible person to work with that when they decided, oh, we're going to let you be commissioner for life, he's like, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, you can be commissioner for life. But I just, there are some people whose, while their name should not be forgotten, and I'm not saying that we should forget Landis. His name, he was the first commissioner. We should remember him. Yeah, he'll be part of baseball history. He, exactly. He does not deserve, his name should not be on the most valuable player award. If anything, no. it should be a Willie Mays. It should be a Babe Ruth. It should be a Roberto Clemente. It should be a Lou Gehrig. It should be a Jackie Robinson. It should be any of those people. Not Mountain Landis. There's just there's so many good options for the name of the MVP. It would be I don't know who you would pick. Marge Shot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, just kidding. She got she got booted out of she had her stature removed. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> no, I, and I, they, I, like I think they renamed me. and they renamed. I really think it should be. I was gonna say they. Re- I think they read. Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying I really think it should be somebody who's had a positive impact on the game. That's yes, and I mean, I. I'm trying to think, does Clemente does he does he have an award about him right now or no? Um, I think they do. I think it's like the Man of the Year award. Yeah, I think Just so. Like Walter Payton. Yeah, so you can't do that. Can't have him. They have Jackie Robinson Day. Yeah, they do. Um, let me let me look. That's. Uh. You know they have Cy Young for the pitching. Uh, okay, they have the Hank Aaron Award, so they can't use him. They have the Clemente Award. All right, so. We're going to take Aaron and Clemente out. Willie Mays has the MVP award. We have the Cy Young award. Um, ooh, that's a tough one, actually. I think Tony Gwynn has an award after him. Uh, let's see. Um, is that for the batting title? There is, there, yeah, there's two. There's like an American League and a National League one. Um, yep. This is actually pretty educational, guys. We're, oh, we okay, we can't use Edgar Martinez. He has an award for designated hitters. Yep. 
Um, the Hank Aaron Award is given to the top hitter in each league, voted on by baseball fans. Uh, yeah, I thought there was an award named after Tony Gwynn. Because they had a big, they had a big presentation a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. It's like him and I think Rod Carew are the other ones. Hmm. I don't know who they'd use for an MVP. I, I think what you'd have to do is you may have to use the, you know, the National League has one and the American League has one. Oh, okay, here it is. The It is for the batting champion. Yes. So Tony, so Tony Gwynn's for the National League, Rod Carew's for the American League. Um, there's also the Mariano Rivera Award and the Trevor Hoffman for relievers. Uh, Roberto Clemente is for a player who best exemplifies the game of baseball, sportsmanship, community involvement, and contribution to his team. Ted Williams Award is for the All-Star Game. What about Ichiro having an MVP? I'd be fine with that. Right, for the American League. I mean, he has combined total professional hits of over 4,000. You know what? If you did one, I'm going to agree with you. If you did one for the American League and the National League, I would be okay with that. Yeah. But then it would be like... You know, that... Who would you, you know, which one can you pick? Yeah. That's good. I mean, you got great players and someone who would. That's actually yeah. a good discussion. We, no, we, we, might have to, we might have to put that on the Facebook group. I think so. Like, who would you, yeah, who would you name the MVP award? For the American League and the National League. I think that is what we should do. Yeah, I think so. so. All right. And that's what we'll do. Good. Good topic. Yeah. Great topic. All right. Let's talk about the wild card round of the baseball playoffs. Um, a couple of surprises. Not too many. Um. Both the number one seeds advanced. We figured that. Yes. The A's went to three games, but they won beating the White Sox. Uh, Astros. Yep. Astros. How about them? Swept Minnesota. I, I'd call that a little bit of an upset. Yeah, I would too. And boy, Correa's just getting blasted after he said some stuff on after they swept the Twins. Mm-hmm. You know, he's bastards are not well liked. No, absolutely. And they... uh, Yankees swept Cleveland, which I I I think the Houston one's more surprising than the Yankees one. Yeah, the, the, Yan- the Yankees they're getting healthy. You knew that they'd mm-hmm. be a top team. Yeah. And each divisional series, they're all division rivals. Exactly. Each other. That's pretty good. Uh, so Monday is Houston and Oakland and the Yankees at Tampa. Uh, they're out in California, both those series are. And then yep. National League, Dodgers swept Milwaukee. We pretty much expected that. Braves did not allow a run on the Reds. Yes, I picked the Reds. That is surprising. You picked the Braves. They did have one of the lowest batting averages, though, as a team. Yeah. But I'll tell you, that, that first game, the the one on Wednesday that went 13 innings, that was such good baseball. And once again, the baseball gods <laughs> decided that they had enough of Trevor Bauer and his antics. I mean, mm-hmm. he pitched a great game. Oh, he did. And then you go and you do a mock chop. 
like that. I mean, pitch a great game, tip your hat. There's no fans, tip your hat, whatever, right? Fans would have gave you a stand. Oh, nope, but he doesn't mock chop, and guess what happens? They, they didn't score a run in two games. Yeah. Um, Padres and Cardinals went to three, and the Padres wound up winning that one. First time they ever beat the, uh, the Cardinals in a playoff series. And the Marlins are undefeated in postseason baseball. They have never lost a series. I did not realize that. Yeah, they've they're they're up against the Braves. <laughs> I think we're all the two series. I think we're all looking forward to though is Rays Yankees in the American League. Yeah. After their fireworks, mm-hmm. Kevin Cash said, "Quote: I have a." Have a bullpen full of arms after Chapman was throwing at guys. Yeah. And in the National League, Dodgers, Padres. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that, especially with the second one. I think the second one, this year, the Dodgers finally had a team that tested them to win the division. Yep. San Diego has an amazing young lineup. Amazing set of bats, led by Fernando Tatis Jr. And, you know, we said on the last episode when we were making our picks, we would not be surprised if the Padres beat the Dodgers. Yep. And they are very capable of doing that. They can explode on runs. I mean, both teams can. It's going to either... You know, they got some great arms out there and they got some bats. It's going to, I mean, the Astro A's, I mean, yeah, there's some bickering back and forth between that, right? But I mean, obviously you can't throw the Astros because they get their pants in a bunch and there'll be suspensions. Yeah. You can't do that, right? And Braves, Marlins, eh, you know, I think that is the least amount of. It to baseball fans. does only because the Braves are probably the superior team of the two, but the way that just the way the Marlins have played as of late wouldn't really surprise me if they beat the Braves. Nope, they've been playing. I mean, what is it? They made 170 some moves, mm-hmm. roster moves. Mm-hmm. Just wild. They, you know, it'd be. I think pretty much I think you'd see all series going five games. Yeah. No. Nope. I don't think we're gonna see any sweeps. Oh no, no, no. I mean the wild card had the potential uh, obviously had potential sweeps because of of one seed versus an eight. You know, I mean there were some records that were broken because again, you had a team that was under five hundred make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's going to be, this will definitely be, I mean, it was great baseball to watch in the first, the wild card round. Yeah. Excellent baseball. You know, this one's going to be, I think this will top it though. You're going to see some great games out there. And I think we're all going to be excited. They're going to allow fans in the stands, I think, for the NLCS. Mm-hmm. They're going to give it a And the World Series. So if you want to go, give your, yeah, get your tickets now. I think only 10,000 fans are allowed. Yep. Uh, dig out your wallet and put out a loan. Yep. Um, you know, I, I say this, because I do want to briefly talk about Houston and Oakland. I think with that one, yeah, the Oakland A's had to play one more game, but I think they're just the, the far superior team to Houston because Houston – they are, you know, they still have people that are injured. Burlander's not going to be back for next season. He's probably done. Oakland is a healthy group right now. They're young. They're hungry. They're right there. They're at the cusp, ready to go to that next level. And I think the only way they could do it is to beat a Houston team that has had ups and downs all year. Yeah, and uh, it's going to, I mean, they got Granky. I think pretty much that's it for the Astros who they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and they have no trash cans to help them hit balls. <laughs> so, you know, hey, forever as long as we live, they will. the Houston Astros will never live that down. Oh, no. Absolutely. It doesn't not. matter what good they, what they've done. They won't. The players won't. And that's all on them. It's not going to be until every single player on that club has retired. And then yep. it'll be like, oh, okay, the Houston Astros. Yeah, they're okay. No. Yep. But until then, it's like... No, it's going to be... It's going to be a... Uh, yeah. And they're going to get booed wherever they go. They're going to get booed everywhere. Yep. And I'll be one booing them if I ever see them live. Well, so, speaking of which, yeah. I have something I'm going to bring up that I'm going to rant about. Please do. So, if a baseball coach makes a mistake, you know, makes a bunch of mistakes, he gets fired, right? Mm-hmm. What about these baseball analysts, these guys who have spent years in, in accounting and... Now all of a sudden they have this power of we're going to we're going to start this pitcher for three innings we're going to bring another pitcher for two innings and you're going to bring this guy in this guy can't hit the slider my math says this my math says that do those guys get fired they probably not should. you know they should I mean the GMs I mean coaches are now puppets they get told what to do who to bring in how to bring in they don't get the gut feeling of saying you know my starters on a roll right where. Maybe my starter doesn't have his velocity. He doesn't have his control, but I got to keep him in because this, these guys have told me this is how this is supposed to work. And we're not dealing with robot, robots. So it just it just gets me that, I mean, I'll put a prime example, right? Toronto Blue Jays, game one, Matt Shoemaker was dealing. And they pull him after three innings. In comes Robbie Ray, gives up a leadoff triple. Now the Jays are down one nothing. And how deflating is it that... You have your defense out there. This guy's pitching great. All of a sudden, the, the whole flow of the game stopped when they brought in the new pitcher. It's just, you know, we the analytics, you just, you hit the ball, you see the ball. You don't need, I mean, these these players have so much information in their heads now. It's tough enough to hit a ball as it is. Now you got to worry about, oh, he throws his slider on this count or that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's time just to go out, see it with your eyes, see what he's throwing. Is his slider snapping? No, is his fastball? Has he lost some velocity? Look at the at the, at the scoreboard, oh, he's lost two or three miles per hour. It's time, right? You know, I can I can tee up on this guy. He's going to be throwing more change-ups because his fastball, you can't locate it. Oh, I'm just tired of these, of the of the baseball, I, I call them the baseball nerds, ruining the game. <laughs> because their cal- Because their calculator says this is what's going to happen. Well, it's sports. And baseball is a, it might seem like a slow game, but it comes at you hard, hot and heavy. There's times next thing you know, the bases are loaded, none out, and what do you do? You're looking through your book, and where are the baseball nerds? Oh, no, they're nowhere to be found because they have no idea what's going to happen. They don't know how to deal with that situation. And you're having pitchers getting pulled because they can't handle the trouble. These guys need to learn how to pitch out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. to be fair, and, and I'll, I'll make a defense of the game. Just the game in general. Baseball, more than any other sport, is a numbers game. Like, yes, I agree with. It, it's like, okay, this guy's got a 275 batting average against left-handers, 200 against right-handers, and this has been going on for years. I understand where you're coming from, and. For the most part, I'm going to agree with you because I really do think that, especially with pitchers, you're not giving them like a full chance to, you know, pitch out of a situation or something like that. Like I was teaching my nephew over the summer because he's now into watching baseball games. And like I'm watching some of these games and I'm thinking to myself, if this pitcher gets to at least 50 pitches by the end of the third inning, you know, depending on how he is, you got a good chance to win this game now. Whereas when we were kids, it would take a little longer 
for said pitcher to get the 50 pitches by the time, you know, you'd be in a position of maybe knocking him out. And I, I want to go back to game one of the Reds and Braves because, you know, Bauer threw seven and two-thirds inning, and I think it was Fried, Max Fried, who started for the Braves in game one. Yep. He won seven yep. innings. And I, I'm going to sound a little bit like my dad where it's like, what if they're doing a good, you know, such a good job, why not let them finish the game? I mean, the, the number of complete games in baseball year after year after year is going down. It's to the point where unless you have a no-hitter or a perfect game going, you're not going to finish a full game. You're going to get, at best, five, six innings. And that's a bit of a shame because you're not letting these pitchers be able to perform and be able to get themselves out of jams, get them out of situations, which is why I've always liked Max Scherzer, especially since he became a Washington National. There are times where that guy can throw 110-plus pitches in a game, and if you try to take him out, he's going to curse your butt out. He's going to be like, you are not taking me out of this game, and he'll use swear words up and down. But you're not going to take him out. No, I mean, look at this way. The the Blue Jays, they had one pitcher pitching the seventh inning, a starter, one. Mm -hmm. And that was to beat the Yankees to clinch a playoff spot, one. How can you manage your bullpen with, you know, it just, oh, it just, yeah, it it just irks me where it's like, man, these guys, it's like society say, no, you can't get in. If you get in trouble, we'll help you out. We'll pull you. No, let him. You know, it comes to a big spot in the playoff, especially next year when fans are low back in. We'll see what happens, right? And then look at the St. Louis Cardinals game. They with Tatis who hits that home run, and then Machado hits that home run. The Cardinals had him. They go the bear through a, I think it was a curveball there at the bottom of the zone to strike out. I forget who was up, and then they pull him. What happens? Bang, bang, back to back jobs. And 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 I'll go back, or I'll use another game. The Padres Cardinals game last night, game three. Do you know how many pitchers the Padres used to win that game? It was nine, wasn't it? Nine pitchers. And I understand that, hey, you know, you're gonna re- you're gonna get a rest for a few days to get ready for the Dodgers, but that's what kills bullpens is using up all your pitchers. I know it's a game, you know, it's winner take all, but you need to save up some of those arms. Clevenger is more than likely not going to be back at all the rest of the postseason. He's done for. You don't need to lose another guy because if you lose another guy, you're in big trouble. Your season's going to be done. Yep, and you can't replace pitchers because they're tired. Mm-hmm. Or they're, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I see where baseball's going with it. Am I bored with it? Not overly, because it's it's baseball. It's a gut game. It's how how do people look, right? It's an eye test. Mm-hmm. More than you can script, you can script football fifteen plays, right? This is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do. You can't script baseball. You can sort of script basketball as well to a degree. Yeah, you can. Hockey, you can't. Yeah. And it isn't like you said. If you haven't played the game, I played the game, right? Not professional or anything. Right, right. Looking down in the States and stuff. It comes at you quick. Especially when you're in some situations. Like. And if guys aren't used to it, coaches don't know how to manage anymore. You know, you don't have a book to tell you what to do. You're going to get bit. I mean, I want to go, if I could use another example. Um, last year with Steven Strasburg the five games he pitched in the postseason. My God, that was one of the most amazing runs you will ever see in your life of dominating the game. I mean, every game he was in for those five games, he was in there six, seven-plus innings, 
you know, with maybe the exception of the first game, nobody could hit off of him. You could not get a run off of him. He was just so dominating on the hill that by the time he left, the game was over. You were going to lose. There's no way you could come back. That's how yeah. good he was. And you're not bringing... Yeah. Yeah, he was late. And you're not bringing in a guy... You're not bringing in half your bullpen that you don't have faith in or you can't trust. Mm-hmm. Right? you got a couple of your back-end guys you trust. Strasburg throws seven, guy throws eight, guy throws nine, game over. Exactly. It's worked for years. Exactly. This new uh, guys with the shift and guys not bunting and not moving. Oh, I mean, the shift. <laughs> eventually, little balls are little balls going to take over again because you know everyone's like, well, I'd rather take an out than advance guys. Well, how many games have you lost by one run? You know, it's. I get it if it's your cleanup hitter. Your cleanup hitter never bunts, but these other guys, you got to start advancing runners. You know, the strikeouts are through the roof. I I joke with my family when we watch baseball and they have the shift, and I was like, you know what the shift was when I was a kid playing baseball? When the really good hitter came up, our coach is like, back up, back up. That yep. was our shift. That was our shift. Yep. You know, it's not, oh, okay, we're going to bring in uh, said player, move him over here. Like, okay, I'll give you – God, I love giving examples. This is a great topic, JC. God, this is this is pretty fun. Um, I was watching during the season a Red Sox Orioles game, and it was I think it was like a tie. It was it was a close game. So they get to like the bottom of the tenth. Boston is on. You know, the, the, their pitcher is up, they, and they have a shift. Well, they have the center fielder moved in to near second base. And I'm like, yes, why would you five man infield? Yeah. Why would you have your center fielder in second base? Guy goes up to bat, hits the game winning run. Nobody was at center field. O's win. And I'm like, that was such a dumb move. Why would you move your center fielder to the second base on a shift? No outfielder, unless they are like, three feet away from the dirt. No outfielder should ever be in the infield for a shift. Never. Nope. And I believe there will be some rule changes coming. I mean, look at last year. Look what uh, Joe Madden did. Mm-hmm. He had a pitcher pitch, and then the pitcher went out to the outfield. They brought another pitcher in. Then when that pitcher got the one out, they brought the they got him replaced with an outfielder. The pitcher who was in the outfielder came in to pitch. And then you wonder why all these rule changes are coming. I mean, we'll put it this way. In football, Bill Belichick, half those rules are because of the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone's like, well, the game's too hard to officiate. Well, look at the guys who, who are in the game. They're the ones who have taken advantage of these rules, and you have to put a stop to it. Just like last year in the playoffs for the NFL, or this past year where they could take a penalty and then take another penalty and take another one and run the clock right down. Mm-hmm. You know, now they put an end to that. Again, another Patriot rule. <laughs> so don't be blaming, you know, be blaming the players and the coaches and those guys who are in the game for all the rule changes, for making the game hard to officiate or to watch or anything along that line. You know, because they had to. They have to close these loopholes. Although to be although to be fair though, Bill Belichick is a student of the game. Oh yeah, he is. He finds ways. I'm surprised he didn't bring that up until like playoffs. <laughs> but it was great for him to get burned by by his student. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So hey, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Just because I taught you doesn't mean I taught you everything. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Sensei Belichick. <laughs> I think Grable was on his staff, and then he was the one that did it to him in the playoffs last year mm-hmm. when Tennessee beat the Patriots. Yeah, and then I remember my friends are like, yeah, we want the Titans to win so the Ravens can beat him next week. And I'm like, okay, just be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yep. Nope. 
for sure. Oh my. And and I guess before we wrap this up, I've heard that the NFL is gonna be changing their voting system for the MVP. Can poor Russell Wilson get at least one vote? Please. You know, whoever someone vote for him. And I'll tell you what, the league right now is suffering because of it because Russell has a chip on his shoulder. I know I'm a tired Seahawks fan. I watch all the games. I haven't seen him play like this since since he got into the league. He is on fire. I mean, he'd get my vote right now after three weeks. Absolutely. Yep. 14 touchdowns. He's just, I mean, I'll put it this way. I watched him play last year live in Seattle, and as soon as a wide receiver breaks, breaks through, every fan is standing up because you know he's throwing a deep ball. And he is the best deep ball thrower in the in the league. And you got DK and Luckett. As soon as they get through, you know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And this year, he's hitting them in stride. So, like I said, give him a vote. Because it's not fair right now for the rest of the league. Because he's like, I got a chip on my so- shoulder. And says, if I win the MVP, it means my team did well and we're winning. Um... Okay, I just found a weird story that I think we're going to end uh, the week on. Uh, this is from the National Hockey League, where the mascot of the Los Angeles Kings has been fired. So, on Friday, the Los Angeles Kings fired the employee that dresses up as the team's mascot following an investigation that stemmed from a sexual harassment lawsuit that was filed against him earlier this year. Tim Scott, boy, that's such a generic name. Anyway, Tim Scott was hired by the team in 2007 and served as the team's senior manager of game presentation and events, in addition to dressing up as Bailey the Lion. The Kings released a brief statement in which they confirmed that Smith was fired. The team said in a statement, quote, We are not in a position to provide further details or comments on this matter due to pending litigation. They had originally suspended Smith in August pending an investigation into these allegations. The lawsuit uh, is more than a million dollars in damages. And this is not the first time. In 2017, Smith was also sued for harassment by a man who alleged that Smith grabbed his buttocks in an elevator at the Staples Center. The lawsuit was settled out of court in 2018. Yeah, that's a weird story. I read that one this morning, too. Oh, boy. So the moral is, mascots aren't as cute as you'd think they are. Except for the fanatic in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He's the best mascot I think there ever has. Ooh, what about the San Diego Chickens? He's up there. He's up there, but you don't see the chicken anymore. No, you don't. But you see the fanatic. You saw saw some interesting things he did during the pandemic this year. And, I mean, he dressed up Joe Carter because the Blue Jays put Joe Carter out there in the field and are out in the stands, and he came up and he dressed Joe Carter as a Philly, <laughs> a Philly player, put a jersey on him and a scarf and a hat, <laughs> you know. And there was a, if you ever put it this way, if you ever do a doc or you ever look at the documentary about Tommy Lasorda, mm-hmm. every time he went to Philly, the fanatic would always grab a Lasorda jersey. And put him on a dummy and <laughs> and take rounds out of him. And Tommy can never ever figure out who kept stealing his jerseys. Oh boy. <laughs> so. Well, I think on that note, we'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, join our Facebook group. It is the JC and Bill Sportscast. You type that into the search bar, you're right there. If you can't find it, it's okay. We put the link in the description of each and every episode. Uh, next time around, hopefully no new NFL coronavirus news. Plus, we'll give you guys the responses that our Facebook group gives of what players should be on the MVP award. 
So we'll yeah. see how that goes. We look forward to, yes, we look forward to those, those uh, results. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the JC and Bill Sportscast, and we will talk to you all next time. You guys have a good weekend.